All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Daily Faceoff Live. It is Friday, December second. Matt Larkin here. I want to give a quick shout out to my dad, Mike Larkin. It was his birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, dad. I'm joined here, of course, by associate editor and prospect analyst, Stephen Ellis. And Stephen, normally I would make a little small talk with you here, buddy, but I think it's time for us to do a little shameless self-promotion. I want to talk about our podcast coming Tuesday, December 6th, Fantasy Hockey Puck Poolies. We're bringing it back, a new version of something we used to do. We're really excited about it. So Stephen, just Tell everybody quickly what you're most excited about with our new show. You know, I, I love the format where it's going to be a lot of when you're going to be giving your, your best picks. We'll be giving some other options there, some fantasy tips, which I think is super important. I'm, I've got a perfect record in my fantasy league this year, and some of those are from tips that you mentioned a couple of years ago. Uh, going to be talking prospects, going to have some celebrity guests. Can't wait for that, especially when we get to announce who some of these people are. But uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. It's going to be great. It's going to be very interactive. We're going to answer lots of questions. It's going to be so much fun. So let's let's get to the actual show at hand as my ring light falls down now. Uh, get two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and talk about Jason Robertson right now. Unbelievable. Maybe the hottest player on the planet right now. 22 goals, Stephen, in his last 24 games. So I want to ask you, fill in the blank. He is a top blank player in the world right now. 
He's a top five, 100%. And, and, you know, there's an argument to be made. He's maybe even a top three. This is a guy that we I wrote about earlier this week about how that 2017 draft was so good for the Dallas Stars. And you go out there and you get Heiskin, you go out there and get on and then you go out there and you get Jason Robertson as your third pick. That's unbelievable value. I think there was a lot of concern uh, about his skating and a few other things uh, when he was a junior player. But obviously we saw the points were there and we knew that if he can kind of channel that energy, that'd be great because you'll get a lot of guys who are, are junior scorers, but if they're not playing a scoring role in the NHL, the numbers don't ever show up. And this is something where he forced his way into a scoring role pretty quickly when he finally cracked the team. And obviously we're seeing what he's doing right now. This guy is just unbelievable. He, I kind of been like the ninth round of my hockey pool. What a fantastic steal that was. No, ever. I remember people were saying like, why are you sitting dry side on put it in Robertson? It was like, have you seen him play? And then look at him. He's, he's playing as good as he is right now. Everything's working for him. He's obviously putting a ton of pucks in the net. He's got a great shot. Uh, you know, skating was a concern. I, I'm not, too concerned about it anymore he's kind of uh, leveled out there so this is uh one of the best players in the world right now and the, the point totals don't lie i think you're right and, and i echo the concerns that i heard about him going into his draft year and i remember talking to scouts and hearing stories that he kind of bombed some of his interviews there were questions about his fitness and if you look at the pedigree i think his brother nick actually had the bigger hype at least coming out of junior right and with jason robertson that was a toronto you know, thing was, that, that that was a toronto i think he got a lot more love when he got drafted than I think beforehand. Yeah, okay, fair enough. You know better. You are the prospect guy. But my point being, nobody could have expected what he's done. And if you look at his last 82 games, 56 goals, 100 points. He's the top five-on-five five score per 60 in the NHL. And even just since the start of his career, since day one of his career, only Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner have more points per 60 minutes. And I put a, a stat out on Twitter earlier today that blew my own mind. So I'm patting myself on the back. I blew my own mind. He's averaging five minutes and 13 seconds less per game than Connor McDavid. Five minutes, Stephen. And he's still right there neck and neck in the scoring race. If Jason Robinson was playing as many minutes as Connor McDavid, how many points would he have? Would he have like 50, 60 points? I'm not sure exactly what the math is there. But point being, I agree with you. Maybe he's not in the McDavid, Matthews, McCarr tier, but I think he's right below top five. Absolutely fair. Uh, now let's talk about somebody who has a bigger body of work. A Hall of Fame body of work, Steven Stamkos, last night against St. Louis Blues, gets career point number 1,000. He's the 48th player in NHL history to get 1,000 points with one franchise. Patrice Bergeron recently was the 47th. So, Steven, again, I want to ask you to, to sort of place another player and rank another player. For you in the salary cap era, Steven Stamkos, first overall pick in 2008, where does he rank in this era for you all time? It's actually nuts because I was very much on the the bandwagon of he's a couple years ago he was done. It was he had way too many injuries. Apparently you are allowed to play a robotic parts essentially i don't know like if he's got like speed boosts and he's, he's essentially just a lamborghini on, on wheels out there sometimes but uh stamkos is a guy that i i don't think i ever expected him to hit a thousand points given the projection of how much he he got hurt um but he continues to impress last year was an exceptional season that i think was kind of ignored because a lot of guys did hit around the 100 point mark so for him to go i believe it was 106 points last year was incredible but he continues to play better as he gets older and i think that's really incredible he was a first overall pick for a reason and uh, if i had to pick i'd say i, I still think he's he's a pro, definitely a top 20 player in the nhl um 
obviously getting a thousand points is a huge deal and he's played on good teams, but he's such a huge catalyst of those teams. And I remember when I'd play ball hockey, I used to go down on one knee to take slap shots to get the, the lower range uh, or you can kind of just really pinpoint the shot, how you wanted it to be. And that was because of watching Stamkos and seeing how he was able to do that. And I feel like watching a lot of prospects these days, seeing how they, they handle the power play. And obviously Ovechkin does a very similar thing where he just continues to rip shots. I don't know how, anyone doesn't think of defending him but the same thing goes for Stamkos where he's out there and he can just take shots and and, and scores a lot and that's something a lot of prospects have tried to mimic in the past so uh, I think that he's he's a, a much better player than I think a lot of people give him credit for I think you're right and I like the point you made about on the power play I think he's one of the best two long distance scoring forwards of his generation he doesn't need a lot of space he can be pretty far out and still be dangerous on the power play and it's weird he's only 32 years old suddenly you're thinking about other benchmarks. I think 600 goals. He's at almost at 500 now. I think 600 are within reach for him because his body is suddenly where he wants it to be. And it's crazy. Just a couple of years ago, we were sort of having the what could have been conversation about Steven Stamkos. And I was wondering if he ever was going to be a Hall of Fame caliber player when we looked at the total body of work. But he's managed to stay healthy enough now that he's hit those benchmarks. He's got a couple Stanley Cup rings. And I think it's just pretty clear he's going to be considered one of the best players of his generation. Not in the tier of Crosby, Ovechkin, and Jenny Malkin, but I think he's right there in the next tier. And I think he'll be remembered as a top 100 player in NHL history. Moving on, Stephen, now to some news from the Ottawa Senators. Alex Formenton, we know, of course, yesterday was the deadline for him to sign as a restricted free agent. The deadline passed, and he is the first player since, I believe, Michael Peckham more than 20 years ago to pass that deadline unsigned. And it doesn't come as a big surprise. We know, of course, if you're reading the reporting on dailyfaceoff.com from Frank Saravalli, there was a lot of trepidation among other teams from whether it was Vegas or Carolina. We don't know exactly who was in on him, but there was a lot of rumors. And of course, just given the potential involvement in the scandal 2008, 2018 rather sexual assault case with Hockey Canada, the fact that his camp, Alex Remitten's camp, has been so quiet, there was sort of an elephant in the room effect there. We don't know. It's not confirmed yet. But of course, there's a fear that he might be revealed to have been involved in that incident. And no team is willing to touch him. So I'm asking you now, Stephen, what happens next for Alex Formenton? We know he's not eligible to play in the NHL for the rest of the season. There are some options for him, but what do you think happens? So obviously, yeah, there, there's a stuff going on in Hockey Canada. We don't know uh, his involvement with that. Nothing has been confirmed, but uh, the NHL has said that it, there, there's been stories about how they've substantially finished the review. They now just kind of have to check with the, the police and everything to kind of see what's next. Um, but this is a guy where just, just if we're looking just from the hockey standpoint, he's got to start playing because, you know, just, just practicing on your own is one thing, but he's got to go out there and he's got to start playing. And to my understanding, he can sign contracts to play elsewhere. He could play in the, on a trial or he could play in the AHL. He could sign these other deals. So he still stays active. It's obviously something that we don't have a lot of president of. This is essentially a thing that we haven't dealt with in this, in the salary cap era. Um, um, but he needs to be finding a way to play somewhere uh, because it's something where let, let's say it all happens that he's clear of everything. Then what? Then you just haven't played hockey in a long time and you've got all that. And um, he was someone who he was still young. He's still trying to find his way in the NHL. It's not like he's an established star where if, if William Nylander, like when we look at him having to sit out that long time and eventually signing right before the, the deadline, he, he struggled right off the bat. But we knew kind of what he was able to do. And, and Batherson's not at that same level. So he would have to go out there and, and just play somewhere. And whether that's a, 
KHL, whether that's KHL, whether that's somewhere else in Europe, playing time just has to happen if he wants to have the chance of a smooth comeback for potentially next year, assuming, again, everything gets cleared. But we just don't know. There's so many question marks where I don't think he knows what's going on. I don't think the Ottawa Senators knows what's going on. And obviously the other teams around the league don't know what's going on, and that's why no deal was made. Yeah, that's right. And I do think we know his rights technically can be traded. He can sign an offer sheet. He wouldn't be able to play until next year. I don't think either of those two things will happen until the investigation concludes and the results are revealed. Like you said, Stephen, we know the NHL side of it is finished. They're just waiting to compare notes, of course, with London police. If we see Alex Formenton end up somewhere this season, if I had to place a bet, I would say the KHL because the KHL does not seem to care about optics. They had no problem bringing in Jake Furtanen. They had no problem bringing in Bill Peters. So if I'm Alex Formenton, that's where I'd be looking to play if I want to get my reps in for the rest of the season. Okay, Stephen, let's lighten the mood a little bit now and let's talk about one of the, our, our favorite new segments on the show, which is buying a beer. So who is your subject for buying a cold one this week? I have a soft spot for goalies. So seeing Carter Hart allow a goal that came from a million miles away, bouncing off the boards and going off your leg. I've had that happen to me before. It sucks. It's not a lot of fun. Uh, I guess maybe the one positive, it wasn't like they lost them the game. They were already losing at that point. And it is the Philadelphia Flyers. You know, losses are essentially victories for them when they're looking at the uh, the draft situation. But uh, that's that's got to be tough, especially when you're on the road and you've got fans like like just shouting at you all game long to then have that happen. Ooh, that's not, that's not a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. It's funny. I had some friends ask me what's happening with the flyers. And I said, uh, did you see their roster before the season started? This is exactly who they were supposed to be all along. Uh, I'm going to stick with the goaltending topic here for buying a beer. I have picked on Jordan Bennington on the show before, and I'm going to do it again. I'm not a fan of the way he conducts himself on the ice. He was trying to be Mr. Ron Hextall out there, puffing out the chest. Here he is trying to hit Jordan Stahl. You mess with the bull, you get the horns, Mr. Bennington. He gets drilled by Jordan Stahl, and it was a collision of Bennington's own making. So I'm going to say, here's to you, Mr. Jordan Stahl. Nice hit, buddy. I do like that he's kind of like the villain, though. I, I like I know I know Bennington's done a kind of couple stupid things, but it's like we don't really have any fun goalies like that right now. Where even Tim Thomas, and I've talked about him a few times, like he wasn't afraid to go and mess with people. I like that Bennington's willing to do like that. That was pretty unnecessary. I'd have to see was there context as to why he needed to hit Jordan Stall at that point. But uh, I kind of like that there's someone out there kind of just messing around. It's fun. I do enjoy narrative. That's fair. And again, we have something to talk about right now. It's good to make stories out there, but it's just the idea that Bennington is this tough guy. You know, he's throwing water bottles at people in the playoffs. He's not Billy Smith. He's not Ron Hextall. He's not scaring anybody. And very clearly, he's not scaring Jordan Stahl. So here's to you, Jordan he Stahl. He won a Stanley Cup. Though. He's won a cup. He did. That's true. He did. Okay, it's time now to switch gears to some fantasy hockey talk with our buddy Nick Alberga. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Okay, everybody, time for some fantasy hockey talk. We're welcoming back to the show Nick Alberga. Of course, he is part of the Nation Network and Leafs Morning Take, his show, which happens right before Daily Faceoff Live, 11 a.m. Monday through Friday on the Nation Network YouTube channel. Nick, how are you doing, my friend? I'm fantastic, fellas, and congratulations on the new podcast that's launching. What, next week? It's next Tuesday. Yeah, December 6th. Awesome. Yes, thank that's you. That's exciting and stuff. It is. It's very exciting. And speaking of congratulations, I want to congratulate myself for owning very many Seattle Kraken and LA Kings players. I got, I think, nine points out of that 9-8 game earlier this week. So I want to kick it off today by asking you about the Kraken, who have been very surprising. You have Andre Burakovsky more than a point per game now. And yeah. is this team now a fantasy goldmine? Do you think they're going to keep it up all season from a pure fantasy value context? I do. Like, this reminds me a lot of year one of the Vegas Golden Knights where they're getting the bounces, they're getting the hops. We even see last night they tie it, then Matty Beniers wins it, what, seven seconds into overtime. I just think in general, you look across this roster and people around me laugh because in year one, I would say fade the Kraken. That was sort of the title that I gave myself and sort of a moniker. And now it's like take the Kraken from a betting point of view, right? You think, you you know, you look at their numbers, 11-1-1 in the last 13 games. You referenced Andre Burakovsky, his last 13. He's got 17 points. Matty Beniers on a six-game point streak. I would certainly look at him right now. Justin Schultz, I know we're going to talk about Chris Letang in mere moments. He's another guy I would look at. Jordan Eberle has uh, 13 points in the last 10 games. And Vince Dunn has really come into his own this season as well, eight points in his last eight. It really is incredible how you go from that in year one to this in year two. I've been really, really impressed with them from a fantasy perspective, guys. Nick, I got to talk about my fantasy team here for quick. So I got to congratulate myself. Um, I was the only one in my pool, I think, that realized how important goaltenders are. My goalies are Shesterkin, mm -hmm. Sorokin, Logan Thompson, and Linus Hallmark. So I've won every single week in the my pool. So I'm, I'm that good. Um, let's talk about Crystal Tang for a second. <laughs> Obviously, that was kind of a, a tough situation to hear, but a stroke. It's not something yeah. that he's, he's had to deal with it before. And um, it, it was great to see him already back on the ice. That's pretty incredible just days after having a stroke. But he's going to be out for a while. We don't know kind of the length of time. Who would be your replacements for him on a fantasy team? So you guys just gave beers out. I'm giving shots out to you two fellas for dominating your fantasy teams first and foremost. But uh, number it would be tequila, by the way. That's my shot of choice. Pick your poison. Uh, Chris Letang. Yeah, like it's so unfortunate. First and foremost, you have to humanize the situation. We wish him the best. I was stunned to find out he took a twirl yesterday, like a couple days after a stroke. Just simply incredible. But I think you look at it from a fantasy perspective in-house. 
it's going to be Jeff Petrie. That's the biggest reason I think they picked him up is to provide some insulation for guys like Dumoulin, guys like Chris Letang when they can't play, as we're seeing right now. But you look at Petrie, three assists over the last four games and back-to-back games, guys, of over 26-plus minutes. So he's eating a lot of those Chris Letang minutes and he's getting the power play utilization that you're looking for with Pittsburgh. I mentioned externally, Justin Schultz, ironically enough, a former Pittsburgh Penguin, is a guy I would look at his last seven. He has 10 points, four power play points, eight assists. Cam Fowler's another guy who's been on fire for the Anaheim Ducks his last nine games, 11 points, nine assists, five power play points. And lastly, another guy I would look at, I think, you know, it's a foregone conclusion. In my opinion, he's going to be dealt before, you know, the trade deadline. That's Jacob Chikrin. Uh, Last five games since coming back from injury to start his season, a goal and two helpers. And he's shooting the puck a lot. If you love uh, shot props and betting, look at Jacob Chikrin. He has 25 shots on goal in five games so far this season. Well, and uh, Nick, let's keep the conversation on the blue line. And I want to ask you about Josh Morrissey. He's an intriguing player to me because if you flash back to his draft year, he had some real offensive pedigree as a puck mover. We remember watching him in the World Juniors, and he never really blossomed from a fantasy perspective into that you know, 50, 60-point-a-year defenseman. But suddenly this year, we're seeing a massive breakout from him. So do you think this is legitimate in his late 20s, this breakout happening, or is he a sell-high? I do think it is actually, believe it or not, because again, as you mentioned, the pedigree and the resume and the track record, it's been there for years with Josh Morrissey. And as I think as we've learned, like sometimes it takes longer than others for defensemen to reach their potential. Like for me, a lot of this, you know, it reminds me a lot of like Darnell Nurse a couple of years ago, not to the extent, obviously, but certainly when you're running the first power play unit, I think Rick Bonus deserves a lot of credit. And he does have this history again and track record with younger type players. Now, granted, I know Morrissey's 27th, but uh, 27, but I think a lot of these guys seem to play their best hockey under Rick Bonus, and we're seeing that right now. You look at the body of work over a point per game, that's very unlikely to be sustainable. But if I were to tell you 21 games into the season, Josh Morrissey would lead the entire Winnipeg Jets in points, you would call me crazy. And and understandably so, right? Like it's been an unbelievable start. And I, I do think he'll flip-flop back and forth with Neil Pionk for PP1 QB duties, but it's been an exceptional start. He's a top-five fantasy defenseman right now, and I do think it's sustainable that he's a top-ten fantasy de- defenseman for the rest of season. I've been really, really impressed with him. Yeah, it's interesting, too. If you asked me five years ago to predict what he would be now, that's exactly what I would have guessed because he had so much promise. But it's been a fascinating story to see this this late blooming success from josh morrissey thank you so much nick it's great having you on again this segment by the way everybody brought to you by doordash you see that promo code at the bottom of your screen game day 25 that gets you 25 percent off and free delivery on your first order doordash all your faves and more delivered right to your door thank you nick see you later buddy have a great weekend guys take care Okay, Steven, it's time for the DFO inbox question. And this one is a doozy, man. I'm loving this one. Uh, The Pacific Division goaltending, it's just a tire fire out there. And of course, Logan Thompson has been an amazing story. But when you factor in that Martin Jones has been one of the most reliable goaltenders in this division, it's clearly going crazy in that division. So I want to ask you, which Pacific Division team's goaltending are you most concerned about right now? 
originally I was going to say Edmonton, but they still have the McDavid and Dreisaitl factor where you can still rely on them to kind of pick up the, the slack when Jack Campbell just falls asleep and plays like his early Dallas Stars days. Um, but for me, the Calgary Flames, uh, first off, Jacob Marsham, just stay in your net. There was no reason you needed to go near the blue line like 10 seconds into the game uh, against a team you, you probably should go out there and beat. Um, but they don't have the, just the, Things aren't clicking right now for them. Obviously, Nazem Kadri is looking like a, a kind of, I think he's on pace for something like 25, 26 assists this year, which last year that was his kind of bread and butter. Um, so the fact that they don't have this, the offense to kind of make up for it, uh, and they don't have a Connor McDavid, the fact that Markstrom, who they put a lot of faith in there, isn't performing is tough. And um, they, they've got a decent backup goalie in Dan Vladash. And I think if, if Markstrom got hurt, I think Dustin Wolf could come in and take over and, and be a great goaltender. But uh, the fact that Markstrom just, He's in his own head right now, and he's he and we know that Jack Campbell. That's something that's been his issue for most of his career. But Markstrom's going out there and saying he sucks at hockey right now. It's like, yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. Something's got to change here because it's kind of been downhill ever since that that playoff series um, against Edmonton last year. Yeah, I think you're bang on with that. And it's funny, I just wrote down all of them as my answer to this question, um, because it is just hell out there. Thatcher Demko, of course, gets hurt last night, helped off the ice. We have Cal Peterson demoted to the AHL, the $5 million man. And of course, Jack Campbell, his struggles this season are well documented. But I agree with you. I'm most worried about Calgary, and it's all about team identity. So the Edmonton Oilers are a run-and-gun team. They're used to not having great goaltending, so I wouldn't say that Jack Campbell's success is instrumental to who they are. I think that's also true of the Vancouver Canucks. They've been a pretty bad defensive team for the last three, four, five years. Thatcher Demko helps them a lot, but again, they're pretty run-and-gun. And the LA Kings, Cal Peterson was bad last year too. Jonathan Quick was the starter in the playoffs. So him being bad this year is not exactly headline-making news. But if you look at the Calgary Flames, I think they're built from the back end out. And that includes goaltending with Jacob Markstrom, second in the Vezina Trophy vote last year. Great D, the system under Daryl Sutter. This is supposed to be a team that plays lockdown defense, which was extra important coming off a year where they lose, or an offseason where they lose Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk. And I agree, he's not been the same goaltender. It was an 852 save percentage against the Edmonton Oilers in that five-game run, which, again, I think people don't understand that that series was a lot closer than it got credit for. It was Markstrom that brought that series down. Mm -hmm. This series at 889. So that's going back a 22-game stretch, including that series against Edmonton, in which he has not been himself. The fact that the problem extends back into last season and carried over through an entire offseason, apparently, and the fact that it's mental... I think is scary because he's just such an important part of who the Flames are. So if I'm making my pick of which team I'm most worried about, it's definitely the Calgary Flames. So let's shift gears now. Let's go to Tyler Rumchick for our daily face-off points bet, daily bet segment. Tyler, how are you doing, buddy? What do you have going on right now? Yeah, uh, it's it's been a bit of a rough week for me on the betting front. A few just brutal beats like Edmonton not covering the puck line. A couple of guys on shop props who hit it in nine of their last ten. And then when I pick them, they decide, ah, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to be more of a passer tonight. Uh, but I'll look to get back on the rails this evening with a couple of plays courtesy of our friends over at Points Bet Canada. So let's jump into it, starting with a matchup between the Blue Jackets and the Winnipeg Jets. And I like the puck line in this spot. The Jets are playing good. They've won three in a row. They've covered the puck line in two of those games, including a very impressive win over the Colorado Avalanche in that stretch as well. So I am the, the one caveat I'll throw here. I'm going to wait to make sure Connor Hellebuck is the confirmed starter in this matchup. But once he is, I'm going to be all over the Winnipeg Jets on the puck line. And I'm also taking the New York Rangers. Plus 140 on the puck line. A couple of days ago, days ago, 
They beat the Senators, and they covered the puck line in the process there, and I like them to get rolling. I know there's been a lot of talk about Igor Shesterkin, a lot of it coming from Igor himself about how poor he's been playing, but I think this is a guy who's due to go on a bit of a hot streak here. He's been a little up and down, and I like him to uh, maybe steal one for the Rangers tonight. Regardless, I think they're going to cover the puck line, and the good thing with both of these being at the odds they are, plus money, I think it's a spot where all I got to do is hit one of them, and I'm going to be profitable this evening. So those are my two plays, and the two shot props I have eyed up tonight are Mark Shifley and Noah Dobson. They've both been crushing it as of late, hitting it in four of their last five for Dobson. He's really crushed it in a couple of those games as well. So Dobson and Shifley are going to be my shot props. Okay, I really like the the logic behind Igor Shesterkin in particular. We've seen a display of mental toughness from him. People are, were really worried about him at the beginning of the Pittsburgh series last year in the playoffs, and then he found it. He turned the switch on, and the Rangers make a run to the conference final. So I think you're thinking the right way there, Tyler. Thanks a lot, my friend. We're going to finish it off now with garbage time. And Steven, you have something on your mind as you're watching a different sport than hockey, but it's making you think about something in the hockey world. So what do you have for us? So it's funny. I've watched about 30 seconds of the World Cup of Soccer. I don't care about soccer one bit or football, depending on where. Actually, I don't like any version of football, I should say. Um, but I love how important it is to so many people. And I feel like it's something where you can't recreate that in anything maybe other than the Olympics and how big of a deal winning Olympic gold is to countries and, and for fans who love that. But for the World Cup of Hockey, I want it to mean something. And seeing how great the, the, the especially in North America with Canada and USA both being in the World Cup, Canada now out, uh, it's great to see just how exciting it is for the fans to watch these games and even in, in downtown Toronto seeing people lose their mind over just, just a single goal. It would be great if we had the World Cup again in hockey and I know it won't be until at least 2025, but I feel like we've been saying that for a few times every year. It's like, okay, it's maybe this year, maybe next year, maybe next year and it never happens. I want this to happen. I want best on best I love international hockey. I'll watch the Division Four World Championships. I've I've seen way too many countries play that you guys probably didn't know had hockey or ice. It's a big important thing to me. And, and part of the way you grow that is showing the best players at the best level. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are not getting younger. Jack Eichel, Austin Matthews, you name these guys. Sidney Crosby, are we ever going to see him play for Canada ever again? I, that's the tough thing. I want to see the best on best once again show what they're capable of. Let's make the World Cup of Hockey happen, and let's make it a big deal. Let's make it so all the players want to be there, the fans want to watch. It's got to be something that's important, especially with no Olympic hockey for, for the NHL. Let's get this happening sooner rather than later. Well said, Stephen. It's crazy to think the best case scenario is now 2025, and that would mean 11 years between between true best on best because Sochi, the Olympics in 2014, would be the last time because World Cup in 2016 was Team North America. The gimmick teams meant every every country wasn't icing their true best roster. So my fingers are crossed, but I'm not too optimistic. We know the NHL is basically being held hostage by Russia right now. They're afraid to touch the situation in terms of Russian involvement, and that, I think, is the biggest reason why they're trying to delay it and see what happens with the invasion in Ukraine. But there's no guarantee that that situation dies down the next time we hit a deadline. So we'll see what happens. But I hope you're right, Stephen. I want to see it too. Thank you for that insight, and thank you for being on the show today, my friend. That's it for today's edition of Daily Faceoff. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Nick Alberga. Thank you, Tyler Reptrick. We'll be back Monday, of course, at noon Eastern. Until then, make sure you check out dailyfaceoff.com all weekend for hockey news information and our new show, Puck Poolies, the podcast with me and Stephen. Fantasy Hockey comes Tuesday, December 6th. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Daily Faceoff Live. 
Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.